coming to you from the Deep South. This is the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. High impact leadership is not reserved for leaders, and it has nothing to do with your position, title, or rank. However, it does have everything to do with your character. It's time to climb to the next level and beyond, personally and professionally. Now, let's start making it happen with your host, Max Story. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast today. I'm excited today to continue uh, my 30-part series on blue collar leadership and culture, the five components for building high-performance teams. So I hope if you've listened this far that you've went out and purchased the book and really dove into the content because, again, there's stuff in the book that I'm not sharing with you here, and there's absolutely stuff I'm sharing with you here that's, that's not in the book. Because a lot of times I relate current s- stories or something I've learned or an experience I've had with a client or that sort of thing since uh, since I actually wrote the book. So I'm always growing and changing. So what I'm sharing is always growing and changing. And again, the book is also on, on audio if you'd like to, to listen to it instead of read it. All right. So today, today we transition from leadership develop the leadership development component of the transformation equation and if you remember in in on uh episode 184 184 is where i actually talked in depth about the transformation equation which this entire book is based on and that there's five components and the first component was leadership development which we've just finished up finished up and then also the next component is buy-in so the next three episodes we're going to talk about that component talked about leadership development we're about to talk about the component of buy-in and then after that we'll talk about uh, the component of, of unifying purpose but today's episode is based on chapter 15. the title of that chapter is eliminate resistance the subtitle is without buy-in, there will be resistance. So hopefully you understand now, after going through the leadership development component, now we're moving into the buy-in component, you understand the importance of the leadership development component relative to buy-in. And John Maxwell said this to help you understand why that is so important. This is a quote from John Maxwell. He says, people buy into the leader first then the leader's vision people buy into the leader first then the leader's vision and again everything i'm talking about when i'm talking about generating buy-in that principle right there applies to anything people buy into the leader first then the leader's vision that's a principle relative to this book i'm talking about cultural change cultural transformation culture development growing and developing people so as i start to talk about this component of buy-in remember relative to this book i'm talking about buy-in to culture change culture transformation so in the in the transformation equation as i mentioned leadership development comes before buy-in specifically because of the principle contained in maxwell's quote people buy into the leader before they buy into the leader's vision so again, if you also remember, this book is meant to be a guide, a roadmap for the top leader to understand how do they actually go about implementing uh, 
culture change, culture transformation. Because you see, leadership development is the key to generating buy-in. Especially when you're trying to get people to buy into cultural transformation. Because developing effective and positive influence is the only way to build trust. And get the people to move from where they are to where you want them to be. The only way it's going to happen. People do not have to do personal growth. They do not have to do leadership development. They may have to sit in the room and hear somebody teach it to them, but they do not have to change their values. They do not have to get better. They've already been hired to do the job. If they're continuing to be to have employment, apparently they're able to do the job. So when it comes to cultural growth and transformation, they don't have to do it. Very, very few people that I know of get fired because they don't do and don't engage in cultural transformation. Down the road, after a lot of other people have engaged in it, then those people may become irrelevant and they may lose their job eventually. But hardly anybody loses their job unless they're just blatantly, you know, voicing a negative opinion about it relentlessly and won't stop. That's about the only people who ever lose their job when cultural transformation is, is initiated. But the whole key you got to have leaders, formal authority leaders, from top-level management to frontline, entry-level management, and, and formal authority leaders, the people in all of these jobs, all of these roles, they've got to be able to develop positive influence and build trust in order to gain buy-in. And again, in order to do that, they've got to live what's being taught. Not perfectly, but they've got to be trying to get better. They've got to model it. And we talked a lot about that already. So when the team doesn't buy into their leader, there's going to always be resistance. The team's going to be frustrated and the leader's going to be frustrated. I guarantee you, if your leaders tried to lead some type of change and you were not bought in, you were resistant, you were frustrated. And I guarantee you, so is the leader. That's what we're talking about. A lot of times leaders have this great vision for the company. They want to transform the culture. They go to a seminar or a conference and they get fired up and gung-ho and they bring me in or somebody like me to kick this thing off. And a lot of times, first thing they get is resistance. One reason is because that leader has not been leading this way, the way that I talk about leading people. And so when I come in and start talking about the principles that I share, First thing people know is the leader doesn't do that. So we've got to overcome the resistance. Although the leader may want to do that, may want everyone else to do it, they may not have done it in the past. So they've got a track record they, they've got to overcome. But when people are resisting their leader's influence, they will be disengaged. And what I'm talking about again, i got to keep putting it in context. I'm talking about disengaged from cultural transformation. They may very well be engaged in doing the job that they've been doing for the last five years, 10 years, 20 years. They may be highly engaged in that. But again, what I'm talking to you about in this 30-part series is cultural transformation. They may be very disengaged, completely disengaged with this. They may not want things to change. A lot of people want things to remain the same. Motion causes friction. You start moving an organization 
forward or to another level, that motion is going to cause friction. And that's, again, why leadership development is so important, to be able to deal with the friction in an effective, positive way so that you build trust so that you can engage people, not disengage more people. So disengagement is simply a passive form of resistance. So when we're talking about generating buy-in, which is what the entire next episode is going to be, is actually literally generating buy-in. But when we talk about generating buy-in, what we're actually doing is eliminating resistance. So when people aren't engaged, it's because their leaders aren't engaged. See, you got to understand engaging the disengaged is a leadership activity, not a management activity. People who are in formal positions of authority, they may be able to manage very well. They may be, be able to engage people to do their work very well. But when you start a cultural transformation, those exact same formal authority leaders who are effective managers may be totally ineffective leaders because they've never had to lead in a lot of instances. Companies who've, who've never done anything like I do, the kind of leadership development and personal growth content that I teach, companies who have never done that, most of them are filled with managers. So when you start having this cultural transformation, a lot of times it's the leaders who are disengaged. And they're disengaged as leaders, not executing on leadership activity. And again, generating buy-in to cultural transformation, it's not a management activity. It is a leadership activity. So if you don't develop leaders and you only have managers, you're never going to get there. Managers of people have insufficiently developed character and lack leadership ability. And again, I'm not talking about managers in general. Management, again, is a good thing. You have to have management skills and abilities, and you need, you need high-impact managers. A lot of people are low-impact managers. They can't manage things or processes, and they try to manage people. But even high-impact managers who can get good results, if they're not high-impact leaders also, and they're only high-impact managers, that means they're highly effective at managing things and processes and people. But people don't want to be managed. They want to be led. So that's a completely different level of character development in a person who's in a formal position of authority in order to have a higher level of leadership ability, leading people instead of managing people, they've got to develop their character. If they have well-developed character, they're going to they're gonna be very aligned with cultural transformation and high-impact leadership principles, and they're going to be some of the happiest people in the organization. They've been waiting for it to happen, but I'm telling you that's not most people. So when managers have not developed their character and they lack leadership ability, managers of people, they're going to demand buy-in and struggle to get it. See, that's an easy way to see it right there. Managers of people demand buy-in. They tell them what we're going to do and expect them to do it. That's a management technique of managing people. 
That's not how high-impact leaders gain buy-in. See, leaders of people, they have high-impact leaders of people have well-developed character and a high level of leadership ability, unlike managers of people. So leaders of people, they achieve significant buy-in because they seek to earn it and refuse to demand it. See, managers of people, that's what they do is demand it. High-impact leaders of people refuse to demand it. They seek to earn it. They want to earn trust. They want to earn buy-in. And they do it very, very effectively. So, so I'll share a story, story with you just from a week or so ago. Back in July, uh, Rhea and I had the privilege of going for the first time to speak to a construction company near Atlanta, Georgia, called uh, IMEC. I-M-M-E-C. And uh, they're a fairly large construction company. They usually have around, I think, 175 to 200 people most of the time in the organization. And uh, we, we had the opportunity to go out and speak to them. They took advantage of our special offer, purchased 200 books, had us come out and speak for, for uh, two hours to their folks. And, and yes, we did it live in, 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 in the middle of the, the pandemic, but we were following the guidelines. We were in a, uh, the owner, one of the owners, Bruce, uh, has built a, an amazing event space specifically. Uh, he does many things with it, but one of the specific reason, reasons he built it was to host his entire team at annual uh, parties and, and, you know, like year-end celebrations or any other kind of celebrations they may do and also any type of training that they do where they need a large facility. So this facility is really, really big. It looks like a, a brand new barn. It's got water towers outside of it. It's like that that uh, Bruce and the team moved over and staged. It's got some old cool tractors out front, and the grass is like so green. It looks like a golf course. Beautiful place. And it looks like a an awesome barn, but it's not. It's an event center when you go inside. It's got polished concrete floors and I mean, it's really, really nice and set up. And again, it's big. So everyone's spaced out, probably more than six feet, spaced out, uh, not congregating, have their mask on. They got a big roll-up door so they can let fresh air in and that sort of thing. And uh, so everyone wore their masks while we were speaking. And we were well away from everyone up where we were speaking at. And so it was a, a safe event. So we went out and did that. Uh, that was in July. They had never done anything like this with everybody, and they they invited whoever wanted to come out. Anybody could come. So about 100 people out of the 175 or so volunteered to come, but they were actually paid to be there. And and uh, we did it from like 4.30 to 6.30. I think it was on a Thursday afternoon. So then there was a lot of buy-in. People were engaged. People were interested in what we were speaking about. The leaders were interested. Bruce, the owner, had never heard us speak. He had never read any of our books. He trusted his team to get the right folks in there, and they had been looking for a couple of years for someone to lead them down this path. So we were we were there to kind of introduce ourselves and, and had a lot of good feedback. So then they decided to get gung-ho, and they'd been waiting to do it, so now they're ready to do it. So now we they contacted us, and we put together a, a, a program for them and worked with them and, 
and they decided what they wanted to do first. And and they had a lot of the leaders who were had chosen us had read several of our books and discussed it. Three of the top leaders had had been reading our books and talking to us. And then they saw us speak and then they got the feedback. And now everybody was in agreement. Mac and Rhea are the ones we want to work with. We want to go down this blue collar leadership path. What we're going to do. So what's going to happen is we're going to go there every month for two hours. So we were just there. Uh, at the time I'm recording this, we were just there last week. Uh, we were there August 27th, I think, is when we were there. And so we, we went in and they had already decided what they wanted me to do, me and Rhea, is to teach the book that I'm doing this series on right now. See, they, they understand what I'm talking to you about during this 30-part series. They understand what we're talking about right now. That's why I'm telling you this story about them, about buy-in. They're going slow to go fast. They, they get it at a high level, and they want to get it at a high level. They want to get better. The leaders want to get better, and they want to help the people get better. So what we're going to do is a six-part series on this book. So we're going to end up going six months in a row, two hours per month. Every month, they buy 200 books. So they're getting different books because they don't have but about 200 people. So they're getting books, different books each month, and they're going to do book studies and give them out to the people and all that sort of stuff as, as we go through it. And we're probably going to teach those books in the future. But to generate buy-in, they actually listened to my advice because I told them, it takes me about 12 hours to teach one of these books. It takes me about 12 hours to do this. What I'm doing with you in this 30-part series it takes me about 12 hours if I do it in person. That's why we're doing two hours, six months. So two times six, 12 hours. So we're going to cover five chapters per session with them. What's cool about it is Bruce, the owner, I'm telling you, he gets it. He, he, everyone is invited. This time, last week, when we kicked off the real formal cultural transformation initiative, they rescheduled it and it's scheduled from two to four. And they're going to change it, I think, potentially. But they're going to ask the people because they're trying to generate buy-in, eliminate resistance. Everybody's now had two chances to be with us and understand what's happening. So the leaders are saying, what's the best time for us to do it? Last time, the leaders made a command decision and said, this time we're going to do it from two to four during normal working hours. So that's not an inconvenience. And everybody gets paid and everybody's welcome to come. Everybody means everybody from the top person to somebody who started yesterday, entry level. Everybody's welcome to come. So there were about 100 people there. That's really, really phenomenal. And Bruce was excited. And he said, you know, at the end, he said, maybe we had a great start. He said, I hope next time we got 105. Because, see, he's trying to, he's trying to do just what I'm telling you in this last principle that I shared with you. He's trying to earn buy-in. And he's refusing to demand it. He's not forcing everyone to do it. I can see it both ways. You could tell everybody to come the first time. I think that, you know, if you're going to tell everybody to come, tell everybody to come one time. And that's the first time just so they can be introduced to it. But you also don't have to do that. You could say it's volunteer. It's volunteer. Anyone can come and let your team lead and influence other people to come. Let your team generate the buy-in. That's pretty powerful. I like that too. Either one of those two ways is, is pretty, 
equal to me for different reasons. So it doesn't matter which way it is to me on that first session. But after that, after that first session, whichever way you do it, to me, it should be volunteer. Because if people want to be there, they'll be there. If they don't, they won't. There's another cool thing I heard Bruce say. After we got done talking for two hours, Bruce got the microphone, got up, you know, talked to the team. He was fired up and excited. He actually told them to come over to, to our book table. If they wanted another book, he would pay for each person another book. And he'd already given everybody two books. But he said, hey, if you want another book, this is the owner of the company. If you want another book, go over there to their book table. They'll write it down on the list. We'll pay for it. If you gung-ho. What was awesome was 20 of those 100. So that's 20% of those people volunteered to go over and get another book of their choice. We've got about 36 books, counting Rhea's six journals. So they got a lot of options. The other cool thing he told them was, if you want a book for your family, you, that can be your one book. If you want to get your spouse a book or your teenage children a book, you can let that be your book. I'll pay for that too. He said, I really want to develop you, but if you want to share this and take it home, I'll support you doing that too. That is high impact leadership. That's how you generate buy-in. Not all leaders are going to do that, but that's what high impact leaders do. And I'll tell you one more statement he made that was really, really powerful at the end. He said, if you were here today and you don't want to be here next time, don't come. I love it because what he's telling them is I want you to self-identify who's on board. That's what he wants to know. He comes every time and he's, he's sitting there and he's learning. He's listening. When he gets up and talks, he tells them what he learned, what he got out of it, how it's benefiting him, how he wants it to benefit them, not to do a better job, but to help them become better people. If they do become better people. They're going to do a better job. They're going to have a better life at home and at work. Everybody wins. Everybody. And that's, that's what's awesome about it. So that's what we're getting to do right now. I'm really, really, really excited about what we're doing with IMAC Construction. And I think they're very excited about it. And I think, I mean, I had people come up to me and talk to me at the end both times. Super excited. Most of them never heard anything like this. So they're go because their company is trying to earn buy-in instead of demanding it, because the leaders are modeling and learning to model even better what we're talking about, they're going to eliminate resistance. And see, what's cool is this book, the one I'm talking to you about right now, I wrote it for the CEO or the business owner, Bruce, in this case, that I'm talking to you about. I wrote it for the top leader. I didn't write it for everybody else. Everybody else needs to know us in that book. But most leaders are not going to teach them. Most leaders ain't even going to give them a copy, much less give them a copy and invite them to go through 12 hours of in-person training on the content in the room with the top leader and all the other leaders, formal authority leaders. And the reason is I talk about it in the book and I'm talking about it to you now, but I talk about it when I go talk to leaders who want to truly transform their culture. I say, if I owned a company, I would teach everybody in my company what's in this book. And the reason is because of what we're talking about today in this chapter, eliminating resistance. If you go slow to go fast, teach everybody why we're going to do what we're about to do and illustrate to them how we're going to do it, which we haven't got into yet in this series, but it's coming. 
and then what to do. Everybody knows why we're doing it, how we're going to do it, and what we're going to do. In IMEX's case, it's going to take six months for them to learn that in person with us training, but they can read the book in advance and get a feel for it. But they're going to learn about it. They're going to read the chapters in between our sessions. By the end of six months, everybody will have read the book for the most part. Again, that's volunteer. They're not making anybody. They're asking them to. But they're coming in a room with us. So when that six months is over and we dive into true personal growth and leadership development content, the stuff we just talked about over the last several episodes when I was talking about the leadership development component, remember I talked to you about that's two components, personal growth, leadership development. So once we're done with this culture book, we're going to dive into personal growth. Probably going to be either defining influence, change happens, or uh, blue-collar leadership leading from the front lines, or 10 foundational elements of intentional transformation. Probably one of those four books we're going to dive into and start teaching it two hours at a time till we get it taught. The reason I don't know exactly which one is I recommend a certain program, but just like right here, I'm trying to earn their buy-in. So I let them decide. They decide which book. I recommend a book, but then they can decide. They've been reading these books. They work in the organization. They know which one is probably most important for them. And any of them are good. Can't go wrong with any of those. So as soon as we're done, we're going to dive in to the personal growth component. But everybody's going to know why we're doing it. They're going to know why we're not doing supervision book first. Because they've learned personal growth is a foundation for leadership development. They're going to know. So we got, we're not going to have all this resistance. We're not going to have rumors being spread by all the people who didn't read the culture book or were not into the training, which normally is almost everybody. Most people don't get all of that training on the culture book, but this case they are. So everybody's going to be on the same page. They don't have to start rumors. They don't have to guess. Everybody's going to know. And the people who don't volunteer to come in and actually learn, there's so many that are. When those people start guessing why it's going to happen, there's going to be hundred, hundred or more people who can defend the truth and who have influence with those people who can help generate buy-in. So we're going slow, but because we're going slow on the front end, as we get moving, we're going to go much, much, much faster. And the whole point is, is generating buy-in to eliminate resistance. And I'm so proud of the leaders at, at IMEC Construction because they're doing it the right way. And they're doing it very, very intentionally. And they're doing it with everybody. Everybody's going to get a chance to learn everything. There's no better way to do it than that. There's not one book for the top leader that only the top leaders are going to learn. And there's not one book for the entry level that only the entry levels are going to learn. Everybody's going to learn everything. And they understand when I tell them the principles, the way that I teach principles in all of these books, they all apply to everybody. It's just which story do you tell? If I'm talking to only a group of CEOs and I'm teaching them this book, I tell them a certain story. But when I'm talking to a mixed group, I may tell them that story, but I'm going to add in some other stories to help them see how these principles apply to everybody at every level. So it's pretty powerful. It's a privilege what we're getting to do with them. So as long as management of people continues, if they don't do all the stuff I just described, but they're trying cultural transformation, if they're, if they're trying to continue managing people, disengagement 
is going to continue. Only thing going to change then, nothing will change except the people due to high turnover and low retention. That's what happens when you have management of people. You've got high turnover and low retention. People are coming and going and you're good people. You can't keep them. If you got high turnover and you're not growing and developing people, it's because you're managing people. And if you're growing and developing people, you're not going to have high turnover. You may have turnover, but you don't mind it because you're growing and developing people. If they want to go do something else, you're helping them go do something else because your team is killing it. And when somebody leaves, you just got someone else to fill in and they're going to start killing it too. Chick-fil-A is a good example. They have a lot of turnover, but they're growing and developing people. That's their business. They're in the people development business. They're not in the chicken business. I'll leave you with a quote by Pete. Uh, I think his name is Boudraut or Bodraut, something like that. But the quote is, that's what I'm worried about. He says, only organizations with a sterling level of trust garner a culture of true commitment versus a whirlpool of wishful thinking through forced compliance. I'm going to leave you with that thought. See you on the next episode when we talk about generating buy-in. Talk to you next time. Make it happen or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership Series books and others now available on audio, along with paperback and ebooks at Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max books, programs, special offers, certifications, and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast.